We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and Variety podcast. It is September 16th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here as always. I am joined by my co-host Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, man? How are you? Man, what's what's the weather like? You got a little hoodie on. What's what's the weather there in Florida? I'm just dripping, dog. I'm, it- I'm literally <laughs> dripping right now. It's it's like 85 degrees outside in Florida. I've got these lights on my PC running. It's like 85 mm. degrees in this room at least. I just wanted to wear the Naruto hoodie. You know, I got it from Target, Target, and uh, you know, it's very comfortable on the inside. It's like that nice fleece material, nice and soft against the skin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How about you? How's uh How's Nebraska? No, Nebraska's uh good, man. It's uh it's getting a little lower in temp. It's like seventy five, uh, seventy during the day. It's gonna be low nice. of like fifties and forty five next Ooh, week a little bit. That's um, beautiful, dude. I, I I hated I I don't know if we talked about this on the show. I can't remember, but I seasons you don't have those really in Florida, nope. and seasons fall is my favorite season now with the weather changing the trees changing they get red and orange and it's insane um it's a it's a good time you go to a nice uh you know they have like pumpkin patches here but they're not like you know a lot i feel like a lot of time in florida there's just like pumpkins all over the ground and that's like called a pumpkin patch but here they've got like corn mazes and they've got it's like a pumpkin festival that's what we would call them here essentially yeah but they're everywhere there's like two major ones here in omaha and they've got like uh open barn doors like the doors are wide open they're serving pies and all this kind of stuff oh dude it's it's i want to i want to ask you this because we're going to talk about food later on but yeah yeah you know, it, it's uh, it's PSL season, as they say. You know, pumpkin spice lattes and all that jazz. What's your take on pumpkin? I don't mind pumpkin. I like it's good. trash. I like I like whoa. Pumpkin <laughs> is garbage. I can't, is I don't like anything pumpkin, dude. I pumpkin, can't do it. Pumpkin spice. I don't like the lattes because I'm not into the whole coffee scene, as you know. Right. Um, pumpkin pie with whipped cream on top. I'm I'm there for it. Maybe maybe this year I'll give pumpkin pie another chance. I'm not crazy but... about pumpkin. Like I'm not about to be like, you know, you, you should love pumpkin till the day you die. I, I don't feel that strongly about pumpkin. There's a lot of foods that I'll say that to you about, but pumpkin, right? It's fine. It's a fall thing. You you know, carve pumpkins. I I don't know. Thanksgiving is a long way away, but like you've got one pie on the Thanksgiving like dinner table. What is it? One pie on a Thanksgiving table. Mm. You got one choice. I think I am gonna go pumpkin pie. What? So you're not a big 
big pumpkin. So you're not a big pie guy then? Not, not that really. Must be the key case. lime pie. Okay. Uh, that's not really a thing. Exactly. exactly. I'm going apple, traditional apple all day. I'll, I'll do apple 100%. with like ice yeah. cream on it. Oh, right? yeah. And if it's Forget pumpkin, it. it's got to have whipped cream on it. So I, I'm not, but like you said, I'm not a big pie guy. I, I outed all myself right. there, but yeah. All right, Luke. Well, we do have some NBA news. Uh, we're going to jump right into that. So we'll kind of go through some of these items pretty quick, and then we'll spend some time on, on a few of the other ones. So uh, the NBA has announced they are not mandating a vaccine for players this season. The, uh, NBA, the NBPA, the National Basketball Players Association, has said that any COVID protocols this season, including a player vaccine mandate, would be a quote-unquote non-starter. However, the NBA is requiring referees, most team personnel, to be vaccinated this upcoming season. The Milwaukee Bucks have announced they are appointing Lisa Byington to be their play-by-play announcer, who is making her the first woman to be a full-time play-by-play announcer for a major men's professional team. So awesome for women, awesome for the Bucks. Uh, I hope she's going to do a great job there. I'm sure she will. And then Luke, Shyam Sharani reported the NBA Board of Governors will vote this month to approve the Coach's Challenge being the lone method to review out-of-bounds calls with under two minutes to go in games, which means that out-of-bounds plays will no longer be automatically triggered uh, for officials for an official review. Do you care about this? Is you have a take on this or, or, or not so much? Man, those coaches, I mean, logically speaking, you better not even let – I think the NBA shouldn't even let the coaches have their challenges then until the final two minutes. Right. Because – at this point, I mean, it, it. so there's one word in there that makes me wonder. The word is automatically. So it says, meaning out-of-bounds plays will no, will no longer be automatically triggered for officials. Now, does this mean that maybe they can still decide amongst each other or I don't know, you know, communicating with Secaucus, um, New Jersey about, you know, with the, essentially the refing headquarters there, like, are, are they able to kind of talk? about this like in game and be like hey we want to like even though it's not automatically triggered like they normally do it like can they can they talk about it like and, and agree that they want to review it as officials like are we only going to be subject say to say no because of the wording says coaches challenge being the lone method mm. to review out of bounds call so i think that's a no-go right so i i don't think i think I mean, the, the older generation is going to be like, oh, good. They Back in my day, they didn't have cameras and they couldn't review things and whatever. But I don't I don't think I like it at, at all, especially if the, if that is true. You know, like it seems to be that coaches are going to be, you know, their challenge that they use, they get one, right? Um, I think they, they have to implement if the coach wins the challenge, they keep it. Yeah. something like that because or give them an extra challenge because if a, if a coach you know near halftime or something like that wants to challenge something that could end up being pivotal or whatever you know he he's not going to even want to use his challenge and and so i think that if they challenge and they win they should keep it and that's what they should do but unfortunately i think you know the first time around at least till they learn maybe or maybe it goes well i don't know but I don't think I'm a fan of you know not those. I know that it you know makes the game more fast paced near the end of the game. There's not much stoppage, but I'm gonna be pissed if I'm you know my team gets screwed by this because they can't they use their challenge already. Even if like the rest, there's a couple of them. They're like, oh no, I think that maybe you know whatever. Like they might not agree or whatever. I mean, I I don't know. So Shams also reported that the league is discussing having an in season tournament 
in future seasons with $1 million per player prize money. Luke, the NBA, is it feels like they've been talking about this for mm-hmm. years, implementing some type of mid-season or in-season tournament. Um, what do you think of that? Obviously, now we've got the play-in tournament that will return this season. Um, are you interested in an in-season tournament? I, I think like it just all comes down to what the stakes are and how it's going to work, everything like that. So a big part of this is the the part where you know of the report saying that it could be prize could be one million per player. Um, I think it's all it's all money, Jonathan. It's it's you know what? How can we get more eyes on the NBA? And that's all this is. I don't. I I know that last year, and I'd be interested to see kind of what comes to fruition. But I think last year they had talked about you know if you win the the theories were like if you win the play in tournament you automatically are you know are a lock to be in the playoffs in some capacity or something like that. I might be going crazy. Maybe I didn't hear that, but I'm pretty sure that I did. I at least heard it like be a theory. Um, for an so, in season tournament, not the play in tournament. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. For for that. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know exactly where this end season tournament fits. If you're if you're not going to give huge incentive for the end of the year, because you're gonna have fans that you know, you know, you're gonna have teams that maybe they rest during it, you know, like maybe their bench players are trying to get them all riled up to play well and compete well in the tournament because they want their million dollars. But you know, those guys that are already making thirty, you know, twenty to forty million dollars in a year are gonna be like. I mean, some of them might look at it as rest if it doesn't go towards the regular season record either. You know, like, hey, let's just let's just sit out. Let's just, you know, we don't need to do anything here. We don't really care. We know we're going to make the playoffs. We're a better team. So I just think that there's going to be some weird you know, strategy that goes on with these playing tournament or with these um, in-season tournaments if if that's the route they're going to go. Yeah, I definitely think you have a point, you know, for the guys, you know, that are making 30, 40 million dollars a year what's an extra million to them? You know, that's really just going to be chump change. But I would say probably for like 75, 80% of each roster, you know, guys that are making $7 million, $8 million. Right. You tell them, you know, if they're on a, a good playoff team, they have an opportunity to win another million dollars if they win like an in-season tournament. I think that would be really dope. I think I, I do want to see some kind of incentive for like the, the lower tier teams in the league. Like if around the all-star break or, you know, just before, right after the all-star break, you know, those teams have an incentive like to perform really well and, to, you know, potentially win some games. Like, I'm, I'm all for that. So it, it'll be pretty cool to, to see what happens with that. Again, we've been hearing about this for years and years and going back oh. to, you know, the change with, you know, the reviews, a lot of times these things will like go through the G league for a season first and they'll kind of test it there to see how it goes before they implement that. So who well, knows? So I've got an idea. This this whole in-season thing is off the rails anyway, <laughs> like as it is, right, as a tournament. What if the incentive for like those worst teams is that you get five wins added to your regular season record and essentially replace the five losses? Like you, you're getting bumped up. You're not locking them in for the postseason, but you're essentially giving them five like or whatever you see fit and what logistically makes sense i'm just kind of speaking but what if what if they do something like that i i want if they're going to be crazy and add this in season tournament i need them to go all out i need them to do stuff like that yeah just off the top of my head i think if you were to implement something like that you would have to switch to the model that some of the other sports have where like playoff standings go off of like how many points 
you have and mm-hmm. you start awarding like points per wins because then you're looking at a team that you know is like I don't know 45 and you know 47 or and though like the number of games just gets mixed up and then are they just going to go off of win percentage at that point well like, no I'm saying they take really off know, five but, whole losses and they just make them wins that's weird but I don't know the whole Maybe thing is weird work. yeah it the is. whole thing is weird, and and if you're not going to give them, if you win the tournament and you don't make the post, like if you don't automatically make get a bid in the postseason, if you win that end season tournament, I mean, if you're not going to go that route, I think you give them wins and replace their losses. And well, I, I was I, thinking, you know, give them, you know, a few extra lottery balls, you know, in the, okay. in the the draft lottery, something. So I mean, like those teams, yeah. you know, Orlando, if they're sitting there, and I'm Jeff Weltman, I'm saying, okay, these guys could either make the playoffs. Or like this year. Yeah. Now we didn't end up with, you know, Jalen Green or Kate Cunningham, still got Jalen Suggs. But if they're looking to add one more guy to yeah. that, I'm like, shoot, if we have a chance to win this, you know, tournament and end up with, you know, five percent better odds at getting the number one pick next year, mm-hmm. then I don't know, that's a conversation to be had. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Luke. So Aaron Gordon has signed a four-year, $92 million contract extension with the Denver Nuggets. It was reported this week. You and I have watched more than our fair share of of Aaron Gordon over the years being Orlando Magic fans. What did you think of the signing, or the, the extension signing, rather? So a couple years ago, when it was time for AG to sign, to, to, to he was a free agent, right? Like You, you had to re-sign. I was just hoping that it was going to be below 20, $20 million, right? 
they sign him for whatever it was. It came out to be an average of like 19 million one year, 20 another year, right? I was ecstatic about that because at the time it was a young Aaron Gordon. It was a promising Aaron Gordon. It was, you know, uh, it, it was a very young Aaron Gordon. And, and we thought that, you know, he was just one season away from developing offensively. And now he gets this extension. I mean, the numbers are insane. I don't know if you have the the breakdown year by year and, and how that looks. And if you want to give your initial thoughts first, that's fine. They're locking in. They're committing to Aaron Gordon and they're committing to a contract that I don't think is going to be tradable and you're just going to be stuck with him. Well, I think like the first thing that I thought was like, okay, you're, you know, you're committing big money to Aaron Gordon. So right now you've committed big money to Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon. You've got Michael Porter Jr. for one more year and then he's going to be a restricted free agent. So they will have his bird rights. You know, they'll be able to go above the salary Mm -hmm. cap. Um, they're really not going to have you know much cap room moving forward. Um, so like you are basically betting, you're you're going all in on a Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. big four to win you a championship. And although you know they may be talented enough to do it, like there are, I've heard of worse. You know, what is that a, I don't know, quartet? I guess you would say of guys you know trying to win them a championship, but. The thing with the Aaron Gordon signing, you know, basically what was that three summers ago now is that we signed him to roughly like a four year, $80 million deal. The magic did. And each year the contract, you know, is like per year decreased year over year with the nuggets. And this is, this isn't official. This is, um, you know, uh, an estimate from spot track, but they're usually right on the money. Um, it increases year over year. So after this season, when the extension kicks in, he's going to go up to 19, six a year then up to 21.2 million in 2024-2025 it'll go up to 22.8 million and then in 2025-2026 for a 30-year-old Aaron Gordon you're going to be paying 24.4 million dollars and the reason that we were so um, optimistic about that Aaron Gordon contract at the time was that we thought he was going to be the next star in Denver he is quite clearly the fourth maybe fifth option offensively and like the hope that he's going to become this all-star level player for me has kind of come and gone. So I understand why they're doing this. They gave up Gary Harris. They gave up RJ Hampton. They're giving up a future first round pick. You don't want to see that guy just come and go after a, you know, a season and a half, but man, four year, $92 million. I feel like that's steep Luke. Yeah, I, I think it is steep. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I guess this just shows how confident Denver is that he's their guy when Jamal's healthy he's going to make you know life so much easier defensively that this makes it all worth it so I I really don't know at first glance here Jonathan I don't think so I don't think that this is a great move but if Denver is that confident that he makes the team that much better once they do have Jamal Murray healthy then that you know they they could do it I guess so I'm going to pull up something just came to mind. I'm pulling up Joel Embiid. You know, he just signed a, a contract extension. I want to pull that up and, and see what that's going to be basically like year over a year. I'll get these pop-ups out of my face here. So, yeah, so Joel Embiid is set in 2023-2024. He's going to be making $43 million, okay? In the summer just before 2023-2024, Nikola Jokic is set to be a restricted free agent, 
mm-hmm. or actually an unrestricted free agent, excuse me, I will guarantee you that $43 million is where Nikola Jokic's contract is going to start. So if looking at the way that Denver has structured the contracts of like Jamal Murray and you know Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic, They've signed these up to where they're front loaded, so year after year, the you know the amount of that contract is going up and up. So let's say, just being conservative in 2024, 2025, that contract goes up to let's say like 45 million dollars. In that season, you're going to have Nikola Jokic making let's say 45 million dollars in this estimate, Jamal Murray making 36 million dollars, Aaron Gordon making 22 million dollars. And then if they keep Michael Porter Jr., I guarantee you he will be making more than $22 million that year. It's good. They're going to be playing four on five every single night <laughs> with the way that that, like that salary cap is going to break down. Either that or the rest of the team is just going to be like a bunch of bums. Unless the salary cap just makes some huge spike over the next few years, they are putting all of their eggs in that Jokic, Murray, Gordon, Porter Jr. basket. It might be enough to get it done. But if not, they're gonna be, they're gonna have a rough go with the salary cap, um, you know, heading into like 2024, 25, 25, 26. It might get a little dicey there. Yeah, uh, a lot have of money. Fun. Have fun, Denver. Thanks, Denver, for uh, <laughs> R.J. Hampton. Not to not to make this about the Orlando Magic, but we do love R.J. Hampton, and uh, we hope he's gonna be a great player. So, uh, anyways, really seriously. I hope that things go well for the Nuggets. I, you know, I'll root for Aaron Gordon. I really like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and Jokic. If those guys end up winning a championship in in the next few years, it wouldn't totally shock me, and I, I'd be pretty happy about that. So, Luke, let's talk about another Western Conference team, the Houston Rockets. So, it's reported that the Houston Rockets and jo- John Wall's team are working on a trade to move Wall to another team. Right now, the plan for him in Houston is to attend training camp but that he won't be participating in any games, I don't think, preseason or right. the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's what yeah, that's what it was understood as and reported as. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the first thing to do then is just take a look at kind of where John Wall can land. It's not really surprising to me. Houston is a young team. Um, I mean, when I first look at kind of the, the destinations that John Wall could land in, um, I think of a, a team that you know could need it. That's a playoff team that will need a playmaker and score, and I think that's the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I, I think without Kawhi Leonard, um, you could you know you could obviously John Wall's contract is not desirable. But if you're the Clippers, you know you can trade you know Eric Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, um, and and whatever else it takes to get that trade done. But the one that makes this most sense, because that one feels like you've got to, you know, makes filling some gaps, right? There's some filling salary and things like that. Um, I think the one that you could do is, you know, where I could see John Wall ending up is, you know, a team that has is trying to get rid of one of their players right now. It's a bigger name. And I think it's the Dallas Mavericks. Um, John Wall getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks for a Chris Tapps Porzingis and then a filler. I think you could put in like Kleba or somebody there. You don't have to put in as many players to fill the salary. It's not as you know hard of a trade for me, honestly, to believe. At least at that point, you know Houston can, um, you know use, you know Houston can have KP essentially be part of that rebuild. So I, I think that those are a couple destinations for John Wall. I don't think that this really came as a surprise to me. What What do you think, Jonathan? 
So actually, the Clippers were the first team that came to mind, especially this season being without Kawhi Leonard. You know, him and Paul George, um, you know, might be pretty similar to like the Paul George Russell Westbrook combination that we saw in OKC a few years back. Um, I hadn't really thought about Dallas. The other team that I thought um, Houston might want to take a, a second chance on this and is trading for Ben Simmons. So they, you know, they didn't bite. You know, last year trading, trying to trade uh, James Harden, they ended up trading him to the Brooklyn Nets, but. Um, you know, Daryl Morey, you know, reported to be interested in trading for James Harden last year. Maybe he sees John Wall um, as a better fit uh, next to Joel Embiid. Uh, I think the argument can be made, especially offensively. Um, now, does Philadelphia see John Wall as, you know, the same contract value or the same value as a player as Ben Simmons? I don't. So I wouldn't make that trade. But for John Wall, like, he really can't be too, you know, picky and choosy here. You know, this guy is making $44 million this year, $47 million last year, or the the following year, excuse me. Uh, last year averaged 20 points per game, uh, almost seven assists with the with the Houston Rockets. So still has something in the tank, but man, that contract, especially, you know, 2022-2023, is just a monster. So yeah, yeah Clippers, um, Dallas I don't think would be a terrible move. I would be a little bit, you know, concerned about the fit with Luka, but... Luca is such a good player. I'm sure he would figure it out. And then, you know, potentially the the Philadelphia 76ers, especially if, you know, Ben Simmons isn't going to come to training camp or play or, you know, anything like that. He's not even communicating with the 76ers. So we'll see what what uh what happens there. But again, you're a guy making $44 million the following year as a player option, $47 yeah. million. You're not opting out of I, that. I, I did <laughs> you know, want to add soon. in. Yeah, I so kind of looking going down the rabbit hole of basically you know mock trades here for um interacting between dallas and houston um one of them that i found from basketballnews.com uh, he went on to say that the mavericks in this trade would receive john wall um he said usman garuba or shangun and future draft compensation and then houston would receive kp moses brown and willie collie stein so Moses Brown, I mean, another decent piece there no as a I'm young doing player. That if I'm Houston, I'm not giving up Shangun. Yeah, if if you're if, no way. if Houston as is is as high on Shangun as you are, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not. But uh, yeah, no, I I think that they definitely you know would say no to that. But I do think that the Dallas is definitely going to be trying to deal KP to Houston, um, in some a way to just try to get John Wall. All right, Luke, we're going to take a quick Manscaped break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk some college picks. Guys, autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to Manscaped for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th. That's S-I-X-T-H, manscaped.com. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, 
it's waterproof. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th. That's S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, Luke, like we talked about last week, college football is back. The NFL season is back. I know you've been doing pretty well with your college picks. How did you do this week? Um, Yeah, so essentially last week, um, let's see here. I had Liberty minus 4.5 and and then Buffalo plus 13.5 versus Nebraska. Um, Liberty did exactly what I thought they would do, went on to win the game uh, pretty big because of Malik Willis. I think he's one, I said it last week, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NCAA. Um, And then Buffalo decided to lay an egg against Nebraska, essentially went on to not cover the spread. Um, In the fourth, third and fourth quarter, second half really got kind of got out of hand. Ugly game still. Nebraska if I had to bet that again, Jonathan, let's just say I would make that bet all over again. I just, I, I have no regrets about that bet at all. Um, and so then that would put me, uh, so let's see here. Um, last week I was just one and one week before that I was one zero and one. And then the week before that I was two and oh, so that's, you know, four, one and one, um, in college. So not terrible. Uh, this week though, um, a couple bets that I'm pretty excited about Penn state, is minus five against Auburn and I'm going to take Penn State and there's a couple different reasons here Jonathan Penn State has won and covered their last six games Um, I'm a big streak guy I ride the streaks I if a team is covering against the spread if they're winning games I'm taking I'm going to bet on them until they basically fizzle out they have covered and won the last six games Auburn has played no one so far Auburn has played Alabama State and Akron um, I don't think that they'll be ready for this game. They go into, um, you know, Death Valley, Penn State. Um, they go into that game, and I just don't think they're going to be ready for it. Uh, Penn State has now, you know, they played number, now number 18, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin was number 12 at the time, um, and won 16 at 10 at the start of the season, um, and then took care of some cupcake school last week. So I think Penn State can cover this minus five. Um, I, I think you could you could see them win this game by a touchdown or more. And then uh, Marshall, I have them. They play ECU, uh, the Eastern Carolina, East Carolina Uni- uh, University, the Pirates. Uh, Marshall minus ten, solely for the fact of um, Eastern Carolina. East Eastern Carolina is nine and nineteen against the spread in their last twenty-eight away games. Uh, a lot of simulations that I've seen have Marshall winning by sixteen. Uh, Marshall is two and zero against the spread this season. Again, like I said, I'm a big streak guy. Uh, Marshall has the defense, I think. Um, they've only allowed 8.5 points per game this year. And I, I, I see no reason why they, they can't cover that Marshall minus 10. So not that we're saying to just you know take Luke at his word, but if you have so far, Luke's probably made you a little bit of money this year. It's on 4-1-1, one, one, doing pretty well. Made some money for himself. It's true. Obviously. So, Luke, let's let's switch to something that obviously I'm a little bit more familiar with. Let's talk some NFL bets. So last week, um, I think I mentioned on the pod that I was taking uh, Miami plus three um, at New England, Seattle minus two and a half at Indianapolis, and then uh, the Rams minus seven and a half at home versus mm-hmm. the Bears. I don't want to brag. Mm-hmm. I did Do hit it. on each of those spreads. 
three and zero on my like single bets parlays. We don't have to get into. Didn't <laughs> do that well this week. I I never learned my lesson. Um, how about you? How did you do last week? Oh, terrible, oh, terrible. Great. Oh, awful. I I might have. I don't remember. I think I. I don't even know if I gave two or three picks last week. I was looking at my notes. I think I threw in some pick last week, um, but no, did did pretty pretty bad. Thanks to the the Packers and the Chiefs. Chiefs decided not to turn it on till late, and the Packers decided. Aaron Rodgers said, "You know, I'm I just don't really want to do this whole thing." The Packers fans. I saw a pretty funny meme that was like. You know, Packers fans spent all that money to to drive down to Jacksonville where they were playing in a neutral location all to see their favorite team kick a field goal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's rough. So, um, yeah, so I know for a fact I, I swung and missed on those. And I think if there was another pick that I gave for NFL last week, um, also missed on that. So basically what we're saying here is you follow me uh, my my way for the college bets, and then when it comes to NFL, you can take Jonathan's word. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not, I'm not comfortable saying that. But what do you have – uh, go on in, on this week for the NFL. What do you like? So, speaking of uh, you know, here we had the Saints, right? Jameis Winston had that, you know, what did he, what he have LASIK, right? Something like that done like an off season or two ago. Um, so the game I'm going to is Panthers versus Saints, and I think I find I find myself going Panthers plus three and a half. Saints didn't have Michael Thomas last week. They, you know, they won't have Marshawn Lattimore or Marcus Davenport uh, this week. Also, five assistants of theirs are out due to COVID. Um, and last week, you know, the Panthers six sacks versus the Jets week one. Their defense is looking better. I think I read something crazy like it took um, like six games to get six games to get like to four sacks or something. Five sacks last last year. Um, and then they had six sacks week one. So um, I'm I, I'm all in on on Panthers plus three and a half versus the Saints. What about you, Jonathan? So I one of my favorite picks this week is going to be uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So Vikings last week uh, lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, who were terrible a year ago. Now you know Joe Burrow is coming back. This is you know his second season. Um, I think there's maybe a little bit overreaction uh, to the to the Bengals because. Um, mm-hmm. I think they are uh, getting two and a half versus the Bears. I feel like maybe the Bears are a little bit underrated. Maybe the Bengals are a little bit overrated. But in terms of the Vikings, I just think the Vikings are bad. I feel like Kirk Cousin has underperformed his contract. He has not lived up to his contract in Minnesota. And then Arizona looked amazing last week. They ruined my parlay with just destroying the Titans. I like the Cardinals so much, Luke, that I didn't even realize it, but I bet on them twice this week already. <laughs> so on Monday, when the Lions came out, uh, Arizona was uh, laying four and a half um, at home to the Vikings. Uh, I bet that. And then today, looking at it, I saw that they were uh, laying four at home to the Vikings. So I took that again without even realizing that I placed that bet earlier in the week. And then after that, you know, I talked to you before we started recording, and I feel like you know when Vegas loses on rare occasions – they always kind of swing the odds the other way the next week to make it really tough uh, for you to win money. So I placed a couple of I, I threw some teams in some teasers this week. So one, um, I've it's, it's a parlay. I've got um, Detroit basically teased them six points, so plus seventeen against the Green Bay Packers. I feel like people are kind of overreacting to what they saw out of the Packers last week. I feel like uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is, is due to have a big game, so plus seventeen. It's pretty rare that you see those types of blowouts in the NFL. Um, so hoping that Detroit's going to be able to cover that. 
And then the Dallas Cowboys, they did lose uh, one of their you know best defensive players to Marcus Lawrence, what seems like for most of the season this week. Uh, but I've got them plus nine and a half. So that was a six-point teaser um, at the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, who I think uh, barely beat the uh, Washington football team last week, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, um, And then uh, I tried to stay away from the Giants, uh, but at the Washington football team, who they beat twice last year, lost last week in a tough one of the Denver Broncos, hoping they're going to bounce back. I try not to bet with my heart, but when it comes to the Giants, I really I can't help it. I'm optimistic. So I've got them T6 points plus 9.5 um, at Washington. Then I've got the the Washington, uh, the Washington New England Patriots, excuse me, basically a money line bet. Uh, they're favored by six points against uh, against the Jets, so I basically got a money line bet on that. And then I took the Saints, uh, teased them six points, plus two and a half at the Carolina Panthers. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm buying into the Jameis Winston hype just yet, uh, but those are my, uh, my bets for this week, and hopefully, Luke, we can uh, win some more money this week. What do you say? Yeah, and I actually have one more, and it's not a spread, okay? It's, okay. Uh, and it's essentially going to be an over-under play. I'm going Ooh, to go spicy. to the Las Vegas at Pittsburgh game. Um, and I think right now, let's see, what's it at? I think it's at the over-under set at 47. Um, I'm going to go the under 47 on this game. Solely, you know, for, for a couple of reasons here, right? I mean, the Raiders, we all saw them play that just ridiculous game uh, against the Ravens here Lost recently. Lost money, by the way. Did it? Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I put... Uh, who did I put in a? I think I put the Rams and the the Ravens in a in a teaser, and the Rams obviously covered for me, and then some. But uh, yeah, I had the all, Ravens at plus two. All I know, Jonathan, is that Derek Carr's heave in overtime that was for ridiculous. that stupid touchdown. I couldn't believe it. And DraftKings brought me from uh, winning essentially twenty times my entry fee to uh, winning um, like half of my entry fee. Like less than half, like like mm. ha- like Derek Carr's touchdown destroyed me, is what I'm telling you right now. Um, thank you for that, Derek Carr. Anyway, um, they face a much tougher defense this week in in Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh. I think the under 47 is a good spot for for this game. I think you can bet the under and and feel pretty good about it. I don't think that the Steelers are going to score more than, you know, 35 points, 30, you know, 35 points, which I think is what happened has to happen for this game to hit the over. Um, for me, I just think that Pittsburgh's defense is too good. They just shut down Josh Allen and the Bills in week one, um, went in, surprised them as being, I think, six-point dog, seven-point dog, something like that. Um, Josh Allen looked rough, man. Looked yeah, rough. And, and I think the Steelers did have a big you know, hand in that. I, I think that the Steelers defense is just that good. Um, my boy, Ulysses Gilbert uh, from Ocala, shout out Ocala, Florida, blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown. Um, so uh, it kind of sealed the game there for them uh, in that huge win. So, yeah, I think Vegas is coming off just such an emotional win that they've got um, in front of their crowd, really, those fans for the first time. I don't see that this, you know, hits the over 47 at this point. Um, and that way, you know, I, I am riding with the under 47 in this game. Yo, pray for your boy. I'm pretty sure I'm hearing gunshots in my neighborhood right now. Excuse so me? Hopefully we're going to be all right tonight. I'm going to have to have to go up in the, the, the safe and, and make sure that, that we're <laughs> secure in uh, in this neighborhood tonight. So, uh, you, yeah, you guys don't hear from me again. <laughs> you know what happened. Anyways, last thing we're going to get into, Luke, we're going to switch it up. We're going to get into some food takes. We know that we love the food. Um Tonight, I'm at Winn-Dixie, a uh, grocery store here in Florida, 
and I just happened to peek by the little the little Debbie's end cap, and I and I grabbed a few items. Mm-hmm. So I got a little idea for this podcast. I want to know what is your top three like little Debbie or like little Debbie adjacent snacks. So we're including like Hostess, mm-hmm. some of the the Entenmann's, you know, some of the tasty yeah. cake brand stuff. So top three. So for me, this list is very biased. It is what my my friends kept at their house it's what you know i when i when my mom would let me that's what we would you know keep at our (laughs) at our house i had to kind of you know beg my mom mom can we please like just just get please give me those you didn't you didn't just sneak them into the shopping cart and see what happens at the checkout i'm sure i i'm sure i did i'm sure i did um so these are kind of the ones i grew up on these were you know repeat favorites for me and my friends growing up um zebra cakes is on that list I'm going zebra cakes. I'm going ding dongs, which is, uh, is zebra cake. Is this in order? Um, yeah, as of now, yeah, okay. it is. Yep, uh, zebra cakes, ding dongs, or as uh, I think that little Debbie calls them, chocolate cupcakes. Um, ding dongs or chocolate ch- cupcakes at two, and number three is Swiss rolls for me. Ooh, Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls are a good one. So for me, little Debbie. The zebra cakes. Zebra cakes, number one, first overall pick. Glad you had that. That's what yep. I grabbed off the shelf when I was at Winn Dixie. Um, next you up for me, those? not yet. That I don't like to eat sugar or consume sugar before the podcast. They say it makes your mucus all thick, and it's it's just not good when you're trying to speak at mm-hmm. length. Okay. So yeah, I'm going number one. I'm going um going zebra cakes. Number two, I'm going with an oldie but a goodie. The good old Star Crunch. Have you ever had a Star Crunch? The nice like caramel, chocolatey like rice snack. Oh my gosh, all uh, over, uh, uh, all over the Star Crunch. And then number three, I'm going with the tasty cake, the butterscotch crimpets. Have you ever had a butterscotch crimpet? Dude, you're just speaking a different language right now, huh? See, I'm I'm very versatile. I, I do have I do have some uh like Did honorable you say mentions crimpets? like K R I M P E T. Yes, absolutely. The wow. little cake with the butterscotch frosting on the top. I'm a big butterscotch guy. It's one of my favorite flavors. If like a, a spot has like butterscotch, you know, this, ice cream, this looks or like, like something milkshake, my, my grandmother would that. eat while she knitting. probably would. If in school, <laughs> way back in the day, I'm going way back, and you guys may this may be a little bit old for some of our listeners, but the book Maniac McGee. Did you ever read Maniac McGee when you were in like elementary school? No, no, no. So it was basically about this. I I believe he was an orphan, if I'm not mistaken. And he gets taken in by like by this family, and they call him Maniac McGee because he's the fastest kid that you've ever seen in your life. Like, think of the fastest kid. This kid is faster than fast. And one of his okay. favorite things to eat were butterscotch crimpets. So, reading that book going up, growing up, I'm like, man, I've got to taste these butterscotch crimpets. And yeah, one of one of my favorite. So, honorable mention, I am going uh, the Swiss cake roll. Swiss cake roll always always fire. The strawberry shortcake rolls. Have you ever had those? Also fire. No, what I bet. Yeah. And then I'm going the uh, Entenmann's, the uh, the mini like chocolate frosted donuts, oh, like yeah. the original cake type donut, but then covered in the chocolate. Those all over those, Luke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I I've what was your second one? You listed like crumpets. Okay. Star you, Crunch, bro. Star Crunch. I I looked it up. They look like you know chocolate rice, you know rice krispies essentially. Kinda, it's got like a little bit of caramel in that. I'm pretty sure. The next time you're in, you know the the little Debbie's aisle, 
at your, I don't know what kind of grocery stores you guys got up there in Nebraska, you know, Corn Express or whatever it's called. Corn Express, okay. But uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. Get get a little Star Crunch action. See what's going on with that. Get your night yourself a nice like ice cold glass of milk if you're a milk guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just of enjoy course. just enjoy a, a a nice old Star Crunch. Be prepared. It's going to stick to the roof of your mouth. That's 100 percent mm. happening. Mm. But it's, that's, it's that's worth the it. The only reason Promise. I don't eat white bread. Really? Yeah. Man. The whole sticking to the top of my mouth thing. It's, it's not like, this, it doesn't like, I feel like a dog and you just mouth. put peanut butter on, on a spoon and hand it to me. Yeah, it doesn't cake the same way, but it's because like the caramel, like it's sticky. So, mm. I'm, yeah, try it. If you don't like it, you, you wasted $3. Okay. All right. All right. You're, you're not I'll, losing too much. I'll try. I'll send you the You'll invoice. You'll get that back this week, betting on, you know, New Mexico State or <laughs> whoever it is you got going on this week. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> but Luca, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, that's good. We ended it with a little snack talk. Love that little snack talk. Let hey in the comments below. Let us know your guys' favorite de- little Debbie snacks. We want to hear about it. So I need anyways, a list guys, in order one to three in order. Yeah, your top three, whatever the your honorable mention. If you want to list fifty of them, please whatever whatever you guys want to do. Tell us, man, to get his crimpets out of here. Oh, that's disrespectful. <laughs> Try those two. Four dollars, whatever. You're making good money at, at Allstate or you know <laughs> right. whatever it is these days. No, but it's Allstate. Guys, uh, Allstate. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard the episode from Monday, you're not going to understand that. But that's okay. Go back and listen to it. But yeah, guys, uh, for shoot the shot. This has been Jonathan and Luke. Uh, we'll catch you guys next Thursday. See ya. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.